From the Ram Studio connected by AT&T, welcome to Between the Horns. This is the official podcast of therams.com. I'm your host, Miles Simmons. Today, I am joined by DeMarco Farr. Right here. Yes. yes. And I'm very excited to do this today because, DeFar, you and I, we've known each other for now a couple years. Yeah, yeah. And we see each other practice all the time. Yeah. And once that happens, we start getting we together. We compare notes. We yeah. do. You're and picking we talk. my brain about football, so you won't need me anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not true. It's like asking the long snapper, how do I, how do I snap? It's, you know, <laughs> come on, wait a minute. Job security. No, it's always fun. Good conversations. With yes, you. Yeah. exactly. So now I want to sort of share this insight that I've been able to glean over the last couple years with mm-hmm. everybody. So... Um, we'll start with the fact that the Rams beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, 37 to 32. You're yeah. absolutely right. Definitely a hell of a game. Yeah. What were your first impressions? Uh, first, you owe me like an apology. Oh boy. Because who caught the first touchdown? Brian Quick. Brian Quick. Yes, our <laughs> favorite subject every day at practice. This is what he won't tell you. This is true. That's the guy we talk about the most. So when he goes deep and, and Case Keenum let it go and it was open. Um, the first guy I thought about was you, actually. <laughs> I, really, I mean, then he scored, and then I got happy, and then I got back into my job. But just for that second, when the ball's in the air, I'm like, he's going to score. I hope Miles is watching. I was watching. I'm sure he's watching. I was watching. Boom. Um, no, but uh, it was a it was a test. Um, uh, some of that stuff was an unneeded test, as in you lose William Hayes, you lose uh, you know a starter on the D line, then you lose Eugene Sims to being thrown out. So you're shorthanded there. And you're on the road versus a quarterback who just won't quit. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you were tested, and um, the team found a way to win. Um, I I thought that was awesome. It's a W. Uh, I think Tampa's a really good football team. Um, I think at the end of the year, they they could be right in the mix in the South. But uh, it was a good win. Uh, Anytime you get a road win, it's, it's always good. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to the offense. And you you brought it up, Brian Quick. Mm -hmm. He got that first touchdown. And to me, that play, I thought, was just something where, all right, Tampa Bay is in a situation where they're probably telling you, all right, if you can do that on the outside, go ahead and we want to make sure that you can do it. We're mm-hmm. going to have you prove it to us. Is that the way you saw it too? Yeah, I mean, look, there, we, we uh, San Francisco, right? Uh, you go to Seattle and the game plan is obvious. They're trying to stop Todd Gurley. Yes. And the only way to do that in the National Football League, because I think the Rams' offensive line is young, it's experienced, and it's they're improving. So hat on a hat blocking, you know, it's, it's you know, who, who plays the best on that snap. But to stop the run, you're going to have to load the box. So they're going to have to bring the extra safety down, which is daring you to throw. Exactly. So you didn't see a lot of it in San Francisco. Um, I, I would agree that the right move is probably not – trying to force the football against Seattle into the strength of their defense. Right. Uh, trying to run through it was pro- possibly the best game plan. But Tampa Bay trying to do that and daring you to throw at some point was going to bite you in the butt. So your players were better than the scouting and the game plan that they tried to roll out, and they got beat with it. Tavon's touchdown at the end yes. was awesome. Brian Quick early. Uh, I even thought coming back out of the weather delay um, on the, was it, third and Second and 11? Third, third? Yeah, it was third and 11. Third and 11. Five, yeah. And your, your play call was, let's try a deep shot to Kenny Britt to yes. pick up the first down. So that's what they were giving you, and you had success, and you went to it. So, yeah, it's going to give the next team something else to think about. Maybe they can make these plays down the field. Well, exactly, and I think that's what they need to do in order to get Todd Gurley going in the first place because mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying, oh, what's wrong with the run game? What's wrong with the run game? But if you think about it, if you can't make the plays on the outside, then how are you going to have open running lanes anyway? True. I mean, look, you're always going to be outnumbered in the box when you have a guy like Todd Gurley. I guess there is no secret what he can do. Sure, exactly. Yeah, just turn on the film from 2015. <laughs> I mean, he can rip you. He can absolutely 
you know, rip you for big yards and he can beat you. Uh, think about Arizona in Arizona. So yes, they're going to drop that eighth guy in. So what's wrong with the run game? Um, you'd like Todd Gurley to have more yards, but as far as attempts, which I think is important, mm -hmm. and the fact that he put it in twice versus Tampa, uh, I think the run game is is coming along. So as long as the passing game continues to supplement what they're doing, it's all going to grow together. Now, how about that 16-yard run that he had toward the toward the, the goal spinning line? one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I wish he would have scored, or right, they signaled too. touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I think Coach is right. That run deserves a little more play than what it's getting. That was phenomenal. Well, Tremendous. He, well, because he's like defying the laws of physics and gravity almost. You're not supposed to be able to hold yourself up like that when you're just moving. Like that. That's not. Yeah. I could not do that. There's no way I could do that. Well, that's to me. That's a classic NFL run, NFL running back run. I mean, you're not supposed to go down on first contact don't know. at this level yeah. if you're a running back. The good ones don't. Um, so sometimes you're going to have to make guys mess. You're going to have to break tackles to make something happen. So clearly he's got the talent. Um, so I think that kind of shows off what kind of back he is and what he's going to be in the future. Yeah, I think so too. And so let's talk a little bit more about um, Tavon Austin. You yeah. mentioned his touchdown. Like, I think one of the things that we've kind of noticed is that, and you and I have talked about this a lot, that Keenum sometimes cannot necessarily find where Tavon Austin is on the field. But what I thought they did a good job of was kind of making sure Tavon Austin got involved early in the game and then kind of let things take off from there. Because he had 100, over 100 yards um, from scrimmage in that game on Sunday. Yeah, you know, uh, look, uh, go back to San Francisco, hard to find them over the middle. They're huge. Uh, I think the game plan has varied slightly when they're throwing the football to Tavon, and yes. I think it's worked. Yes. Uh, short quarterback, short receiver. I mean, come on. It's tough. Yeah. It's exactly tough. I right. Mean, and, and that's going to be the case whenever you've got Keenan back there, and it's not anybody's fault. It's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, but you can find him down the field if you get good protection up front. So yes. I think what's what we haven't done is give the O-line proper credit. I mean, one sack versus Tampa on the road. Yeah. Hostile environment. I think that's awesome, and you could honestly argue, if you wanted to, that Case ran himself into that sack. I would definitely argue so, that, actually. Actually, you could come away with zero, so the protection is there. Uh, you could form a pocket to where your shorter quarterback can see that guy down the field, but it's all about how you block up front, so give them credit, too. But, you know, Tavon is improving his route running, and that's only going to help him his overall game, which helps the offense. Yeah, and, and so I think one of the things, you, you just brought this up, the, the fact that he's got a clean pocket, that really helped him on that 44-yarder to Brian Quick because notice on that play, like um, Rob Havenstein, right tackle, he's running the guy out of the pocket yeah. so that Case Keenum can have that clean, clean pocket to throw it down the field. You don't get counter moves. I mean, smaller quarterbacks can help themselves by stepping up into the pocket, sure. right? But the guys up front have to run people by, and you don't get counter moves. Um, that's a tough way to coach. That's a tough play to, uh, way to play. But mm -hmm. like we talked about, the proof is there. One sack. Um, you know, he's been pressured some via blitzes. Yes. Who hasn't? Everybody does. But mm -hmm. um, I, I think the ability to get the ball off and the ability not to get sacked and lose yardage, I think is it speaks volumes about the quarterback and the O-line. And you're, you're hitting guys down the field now, so maybe the offense is starting to evolve. And that's what you have to hope. I mean, just we'll wrap this up on the offense by saying they were better, right? I mean, just generally you can definitely say they were better because – They scored. <laughs> yes, that's the one thing. They, they scored. scored touchdowns, right? That's right? it. They scored. Yeah, and yeah. They, but they also, you know, they picked up 18 first downs. They had 320 total yards, 6 of 13 on third down. Yeah. Which, 
you know, that doubles their third down output it's than good, coming into the game. But there's the one things that we can always point to. And it, I love third down conversion percentage. It's yes. awesome. But what about the ones that really matter? Like towards the end of the game when mm -hmm. you're trying to ice it, like yeah. where you can have drops and you can't make mistakes. So those things can be improved. But I love, I love when the numbers go up, no doubt. Yes, yes. And I think we agree on that too. So let's turn it to the defense mm. um, where there were a lot of yards. They played a lot of plays. Jameis is a beast. He is. Jameis Winston's a monster. Uh, that's what I keep telling yeah. everybody. Yeah. And it's funny because this is almost the, the same thing we kind of saw in that game, what was it, week 15 yeah. last year, where Jameis in the second half, he's just he's just firing. He he's refuses to die, man. Yes. Yeah, he's the walking dead. Yeah. I mean, you're really going to have to, like, if you go into like this fascination with zombies you're gonna have to kill him <laughs> to stop him you're gonna have to beat him uh every minute of every quarter really, of that really game do. yeah he's not gonna stop so i thought that was tremendous and you were shorthanded defensively so at some point they're gonna wear you down which is what tampa did mm -hmm. dirk cutter was i mean he realized what was going on and he wore the rams defense down so sometimes Jameis wasn't under pressure with that receiving core, he's going to complete a lot of passes. Okay, but you say sometimes Jameis wasn't under pressure. A lot of the time he was. Yeah. And one of those guys was Aaron Donald. Um, yeah. Can we just talk for a second about how unbelievable that guy is, that he can yeah. play the positions that he plays? I feel bad for J.J. Watt for being on IR. Yes. But I'm happy from this perspective because now people will get to see what Aaron Donald is. Yes. Because they're similar. You can line him up. Anywhere. Talking anywhere. about Aaron Donald. Yeah. yeah. Left end, right end, it does not matter. If it's an obvious passing down or a rundown, he's a factor in the play, period, end of story. You can't keep him out of your backfield. I think that's tremendous. It, it is tremendous. And, you know, just the simple fact that he's a, a smaller guy, uh -huh. you know, and he can play this three technique, but he can also play nose. Yeah. And then they've played him at um, in the odd front at the end before. Yeah. But I believe this is the first time where they've had an even front and they got four down linemen and they played him at end. First time I can remember seeing him yeah. in a four-man front out at end. You know, so, yes, so yes, yeah, yes. It, yeah, so, so, yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. When, when people call him short, right, let's just put you at offensive tackle. Mm -hmm. Let's say Miles Simmons is now 6'6", 320. Wow, okay. So you're huge, yes, right? Yes, really big. Would you rather block a guy that was 6'4", 6'5", or a guy that's 6'1"? Now, they're both coming well, off the ball like a scalded dog. Yes. But would you rather at 6'6", squat all the way down to block a 6'1 guy? Or punch straight across to a guy that's I similar size. I definitely want to punch straight across. Okay, right. so we can. We so can I actually think at end, he's got the advantage. He probably does. It's not being small. It's yeah. the other guy might be too tall for him. Well, right. You got problems with this guy at out on the out on the edge of of the football because he has a two way go, mm -hmm. and he's got the leverage advantage already, and he's moving fast. So yeah, I think out there calling him too small might be the other. You might you might say it's the other way around. I think you might be too big to block him. That's interesting. It's it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily what you would think. And, you know, there are people who can go outside, inside. Michael Bennett is the first one that comes to my mind. Right. But I think now that you've sort of seen Aaron Donald do this, and he said it wasn't anything too different for him, and he did it in college, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know. I mean, if he's not going to brag on himself, somebody else has got to brag on him because this is unique. Well, it, yeah, it just he, is. he can do it, and you don't see it that often. Um, I, I bet there are other guys that may be able to have success going inside-outside, but they have the personnel so you don't have to. Right. And I don't think they're as good as Aaron Donald. They probably are not. Yeah, they, you can be an effective player. You can get through a couple of reps with you playing defensive end, but, I mean, this guy's a factor no matter where you line him up. Yeah. Even in pass coverage, he's pretty damn good. Yeah. You've it's seen him true. when he drops it's up. True, yeah. He's pretty damn good. He is. It's yeah. ridiculous. And like that's what I'm saying, I don't know that 
there are more guys that are like that. But let's let's keep spinning it. And yeah, I feel sorry for the next six-one defensive tackle they block, thinking, <laughs> oh, he's going to be like Aaron Donald, right? Oh yeah, we'll just draft another guy that looks like him. Well, I mean. There, there, there's something special about this guy, it and is. then his size also helps. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's pretty remarkable. You know, I I remember in training camp there was sort of, there, somebody asked Fisher, and I don't remember who it was, about you know, oh, do you think Aaron Donald is sort of this new type of defensive tackle? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's a copycat league, man. If you have success here. Every other team is going to say, let's just draft a guy with those dimensions and we'll get the same production. And yeah, good, good luck getting the same work ethic. And we, we always call them busts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's mean. We always call them busts. Yeah. <laughs> but you're probably right. Yeah. But let's talk about Robert Quinn, too, because yeah. he had some really, really key plays, not just the tackle at the end, but the forced fumble on Jameis Winston that uh, Ethan Westbrooks ended up taking 77 yards back. D- does he look like Robert Quinn to you? Uh, you know, yeah. Um, when he puts his hand down, those obvious passing downs, and you see him come off the football about, you know, a foot off the ground, and he's low at the moment of impact, and he flips those hips, and he turns towards the quarterback. Yeah, he looks like Robert Quinn. Um, the, the other part of that is, this is what I mean about depth, because he was great working with Eugene Sims. Like, you come in, I come in, yes. and they tag team a guy, and yeah. then they take advantage of those passing downs. Uh, but when you lose most of your depth, he has to play a lot longer. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but uh, I still think he's, he's great. But I, I wouldn't want him out there, you know, for 16, 18 plays in a row when they're running the ball at him. You're going right. to wear him down. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather save him for those passing downs because when that happens, I don't think there's a left tackle out there that can really – just erase him yeah. one-on-one. I think I he's agree. that good. So you saw when he dials it up and goes, he can get the ball out. He can get to the quarterback. He can make those plays. Uh, I just do I do worry about him being worn down in games. I do too. And I think that's why you saw in this game, um, Ethan Westbrooks was playing, I, I think he played 80% of the snaps, yeah. maybe a little bit above that. Aaron Donald played 86, which is just an abnormally large number for yeah. a defensive tackle, as you would know. What, what's the highest number of snaps you ever played? I, I have I have no idea. I remember, God, I don't want to say his name, but <laughs> we, we were defending a turnover machine at quarterback. Okay. Yeah, in, early, in the early part of my career. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I played upwards of 90 before. Oh my God. Yeah, I've, I've been out there. <gasps> yeah, it, it happens. It happens. Look, Aaron Donald playing how many snaps? A, he played 86% of 90, so uh, okay, I don't know. Okay, so I good. I want you to play more. Ethan Westbrooks, <laughs> I'm so happy for. Because <laughs> He played pretty well. He did. You're not expected to play that many snaps, but you did, and you played it pretty well. So, yeah, I I thought the D-line as a whole, just making up for those lost guys, they they did great. Yeah. And so, okay, let's talk about something else that happened in this game, and it was something that was weird. You eating your words on Brian Quick? Okay. Let's talk about that. Look at the camera. It's right there. I apologize to Brian Quick. Go ahead. (laughs) Brian Quick, I'm sorry for never believing in him. And I was right there on the sideline. He's asking the ball guy, like, where's the football for his touchdown? Good. And I'm like, let's give it to Miles. No. That's what I told him. I said, let's give it to Miles. You know, he wanted to keep it for himself, but I thought we should give it to you. No, you know what? It's really good for Brian Quick to get that touchdown. Yeah, big time. You know, I, I asked Fisher about this. Um, in his Tuesday press conference, and I was like, you know, is it nice that Quick was able to do this after everything he's overcome? And he said, yeah, from that standpoint, sure. Yeah. But Brian Quick still got it's his job, right? Like, well, and let's he's still not gonna make these touchdowns. And let's not right? make it clear he's not hating on Quick. It, no, it, it's 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 been it's been a little frustrating with him. Sure, you you see him started to come along, and then the shoulder kind of, you know, sends him back a little right. bit. But we always talk at receiver, who's your best athlete at receiver? Your best athlete. Your best athlete. 
Probably the guy who's six three and looks like a, a can jump player. out of the gym. Yes. Okay. That that's what we argue about. This is true. <laughs> but what we also argue about, and I want to make this clear, <laughs> and is can that, run like the wind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is that even if you can do that, you have to make the plays, and right. that's what Fisher's been talking about too. I think somebody said, "Oh, he had trouble holding on to the ball." And Fisher goes, no, it wasn't holding on to the ball. It wasn't a fumble like Kenny Britt. It yeah. was he needs to catch the catch ball. Catch it, right. Right. And so when you're a wide receiver, you are paid to catch, catch the, the ball. Football. That's number one. So exactly. Right. And He's getting there. Yes. We got, a ways, we got a ways to go, well, but yeah. It wasn't just that 44-yarder. The, the catch that he made elevating where Case Keenum threw it yes. high, he was on the left side, that was outstanding. Who else can make that play on this team? Kenny Britt, maybe. Kenny Britt can. I mean, tall, big guy. Yeah. But, I mean, who else? We don't have anybody else at 6'3 besides bingo. Kenny Britt. Okay, bingo. Or, yeah. That can get up and get it like that. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, he was as, about as up as tall as the lights when he made that catch. He was. Okay. And I, like I said, that was very impressive. You know who likes him? Case Keenum. <laughs> I can throw it anywhere. He can get it fr- pretty much. Yeah, that, that, that would make me like him. It would make me like yeah. him, too. And the same thing happens with Case Keenum and Kenny Britt, which I'm sure you've noticed. True. Oh, my God, Kenny Britt. Um, look, I, I hate saying that guys look better. or, or He looks better. I mean, he, he's, he does. Like he's playing inspired football, better football than I, I saw last season. Maybe that was all quarterback. Who knows? I don't know. Well, yeah. you know, what's funny is talking to him a little bit in the locker room, he said once that, you know, he worked a lot with Case Keenum, and he said that that's really the first time um, he's worked with a quarterback in the offseason yeah. for the summer. And he said that he did it really because he missed most of OTAs. He missed all of OTAs, uh, actually. Okay. okay. And so it hmm. was all about making sure that they got together. I think he said they got together two, sometimes three times a week and they would just go throw, and they'd throw and catch, and they got on the same page, which, to me, if you go back to last year, they were really on the same page for when Case Keenum was in there for those last four games. Right. So it's basically just an expansion of what they've been doing, and it, it's worked so far this season. I thought the coolest thing, what preseason game was that? I know we were home, I think. Was it we Kansas City or Dallas? When Kenny stayed out there with, with Goff. Oh, was that the was, fourth preseason game? That was the game? fourth when Goff threw him the touchdown. Goff the threw him the shoulder. touchdown. Yeah, the fourth, that was in Minnesota. Minnesota, fourth yeah. preseason game. Veteran guys like Kenny Britt are usually out getting ready for week one. Yes, they are. But You're there right. he is trying to get the young quarterback ready to go. I thought that was cool. That I said a too. lot about Kenny Britt this year. Yeah. And I think what you said is starting to translate into production on the field, which is which is good for the Rams, period. Yes, yeah. it is. And you just want... But as Fisher keeps saying, you know, you just want that consistency, mm-hmm. right? You know, you don't want Kenny Britt to fumble when he's getting, he's got it second and seven. Looks like he's going to get a first down. Yeah. And then boom, the ball's out. And then they go on out on the field and they score. See, the defensive guy in me says, hell of a play by Levante David. It is. Hell of a play to get it that is. ball out. It right. is. Yeah. Um, I, funny story. I used to, like, give Marshall Falk a lot of heat. Uh, just, just talking back and forth. And I said, how many times have you ever fumbled? And he said, none. <laughs> I said, what? It, he he says, um, Marshall, you've never fumbled in your entire career. No, not once. I said, that's crap, right? <laughs> he goes, it's been stripped, but I've never fumbled. What does that mean? Makes sense, right? Fumble means I just drop it. Stripped mm. means it got knocked out by the defender. Mm. I like it's been stripped. That means you give credit to the defense. Okay. So let's say Kenny got stripped versus All right, fumble. Kenny got stripped. There you All go. All right, fine. But no matter what happened, <laughs> right. it still ends up as a 37-32 win for the Rams. That makes Big them 2-1 and one for the first time since 2006. Has it been that long? It has been that long. Wow, wow. That's, uh, you know, that's got to be awesome for the guys in the locker room, awesome for the coaching staff because, you know, everybody teaches to make the playoffs you take it by quarters. Yes, and exactly. To finish off each quarter, you got to be what? You'd like to be three and one, four and zero, oh, but, right, but no worse than two and two. Mm-hmm. So let's say 
sitting here on Wednesday, yes. Uh, no matter what happens, you've accomplished, you know, goal number one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you want to get the win this weekend Absolutely. to go to three and one, but you can finish no worse than two and two. So you've done that already. That's got to be cool. It is. Yeah. I, and I think it is too. So let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals because oh, this yeah. is where the Rams will have to go. And it's funny, you know, th there's a lot of similarities now between this game this year in week four and last year in week four. And now you, except for the fact that the Rams are two and one instead of one and two. Yeah. But I saw today, like the, it's going to be the same broadcasters for Fox. They're doing this game at 425. Yeah, wow. in Arizona at University of Phoenix Stadium, week wow. four. The only difference now is that we're coming from a different airport. That's crazy. Yeah. That's the only difference. Uh, kind of. Similar. And a quarterback well, and a lot of Well, other, I'm not believing the, the hype that, that, you know, Arizona is, you know, this this wounded monster. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they played that well versus Buffalo, but this team is dangerous. Absolutely it is. Yeah. It just, you know, w watching that game, to me, it just kind of seemed like some of the plays, uh, Carson Palmer and his wide receivers just weren't on the same page. And, you know, talking yeah. to Bruce Arians on the conference call he had with LA Media today, basically he goes, our receivers are dropping too many balls and we're just not converting third downs. And he said he puts that, he, I think he literally said he puts that more on the receivers than he does the quarterback right now. Yeah, um, the way they played, it, it, it looked like a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs. But if they play better, if they hit the plays that are there versus Buffalo, that game is completely different. It is. Yeah, so they're still dangerous. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is a Hall of Famer. Carson Palmer is still one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and their defense is multiple and crazy yes. and tough to block. Yes. So, yeah, they're, they're going to provide a lot of problems for the Rams. So, look, I don't want anybody to think just because their record is 1-2 and two and they got beat by an inspired Buffalo team mm -hmm. that Arizona isn't as good as everyone said they are. They're very, very good, oh, yes. and you're going to see it on Sunday, guaranteed. Yeah, you know, is Larry Fitzgerald ever going to retire? Do you think that that might be a thing? Um, based on his performance, I don't know that he should. Well, yeah, at some point, he's going <laughs> to walk away from the game. It's just how many more how many more yards is he going to put up against the Rams uh, before right? he goes? Right, I, yeah. I saw something today. He's had 153 receptions and 16 touchdowns versus the Rams in his career. It's I more think than I've seen every single one team. of them. You probably have. I, yeah, it's really frustrating. <laughs> it is. I mean, look, we know it's Fitz. How can you stop him from catching the ball? I don't think you can, but... Uh, you can try to limit the damage and keep him out of the end zone, mm -hmm. but he's going to catch passes. Yeah. They're going to find each other, Carson Palmer and, and Larry Fitzgerald. And they've got some other deep threats. I think Floyd is, is a beast, too. I, I agree. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And John Brown, I remember that game two years ago that they yeah. played down in the desert where he just went deep. And I don't think that was even Carson Palmer that threw that pass. Right. That was Drew Stanton, wasn't we, it? We I think it was Drew Stanton that came off the bench. Yeah, he and, came and off the bench. God, I and it that. was like it was like some a four or five play ninety some yard drive and yeah. all of a sudden they were in the end zone. You're in the press box for games, right? Yes. How do you not throw things in there? Oh, very How do you maintain your professionalism when stuff like that happens? I just kind of sit there and sigh quietly to myself. Okay, see, this is where I love game day because I actually have a microphone and mm -hmm. I can just let it out. Yeah, you can. Yeah, because I have a dump button too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How is it different? Okay, we're going to switch gears for a little okay. bit. How is it different for you being on the sideline than you were in the booth? You know, it's more fun yeah? down there. It is. Um, because you can be louder and things like that? Well, it's you're in the action. you got a different perspective on things. Um up there, you can read body language th through binoculars. Yes. But when you're right there, you can feel it. You can see mm -hmm. everything. So uh, the perspective of the game takes me back to when I was a player. Yeah. Um, so it, it, the difference is I'm closer, uh, which makes it better for me so I can analyze better uh, and give it to our listeners 
uh, a little bit differently. Yes. And um, the other part is I have to stand up for, you know, three and a half, four hours, <laughs> which kind of sucks. Hmm. Yeah, but it's not so bad. But you can I'm feel in the elements. Right, exactly. Yeah. You can feel the atmosphere. So, like, like the, the first game, for instance, the Rams are back in L.A. They're at the Coliseum. How first home game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the road, kind of. That was kind of boring All right, in San yeah, Francisco. I've, I've, sometimes I forget that that game happened. That, ha that, that you got, yeah, the Rams were shut out. They were. That was really Live bad. It. Tattoo it on yourself. <laughs> yeah, don't ever forget that. Okay, thanks. But, yeah, the, the first game in, um, in, at the Coliseum. Uh, yeah. At the Coliseum was awesome, man. It felt like a Super Bowl. Um Red Hot Chili Peppers were there. LeBron that was, was cool. on the bench. Yeah, well, LeBron being there, I kind of lost my. Did you? I hope you didn't see me when I. Did saw you? Free, oh, you! I forgot. That's your idol. Your yeah. guy. Did you go up and thank him? Well, I, <laughs> did you say thank you so I, much? Okay, I honestly. Did you bring a tribute to, that, to his feet? The honest answer to that is yes. So I'm standing on the sidelines. I'm talking to some friends because they were in town, and you know it's good to have that kind of thing happen when it's the first game in the Coliseum. Great. And all of a sudden, LeBron James comes out of the tunnel. There's only one tunnel to come out of at the Coliseum. Yeah. And I look to my left, and I'm like, oh, my God, is that LeBron James? That's LeBron James. Right. And, of course, he starts walking down the sideline, and I'm, like, going crazy. Thank you, LeBron. I'm from Cleveland. Thank you for winning the championship. He didn't really acknowledge me. but That's what you said to LeBron James? I, honestly. You lost all cool points. I, lo I totally lost Were you it. in a suit and tie when you did this? I was totally Miles, in a suit you can't, and tie. You can't I break know, character. I know. That, that's that's cut off shorts and t-shirts Well, it's behavior. like, to me, it's it's a thing where it's like, act like you've been there before. You it know? is LeBron. And it's, I, I act like I've been there before all the time. And yeah. on that, I just did not. I just did not. Okay, that's fair. How long is it? Have you ever seen the championship in Cleveland? No. Anything? Well, I mean. Resembling winning. No, well, okay, the closest we ever got was in 2007, and that's when the Indians made it to, well, first the Cavs went to the finals and then got swept by um, whatever, the, the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, that's who they got happens swept a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I went to all those playoff games. Like, my mom was awesome for me to grow up with as a sports fan because we had season tickets to all kinds of stuff. We yeah. went to Indians games, we went to Cavs games, we went to Browns games all the time. So... I went that's to a, a lot, lot of, of playoff games. Yes, that's it is. Thank you for. That's a lot of L's. <laughs> that's a lot of bad car rides home. I'm sorry. That's horrible. But you know what? It was it was still fun, and it wasn't that much losing when you know in the 2000s when you had LeBron James. Yeah. And so when LeBron James goes, that's when I went off to college. So it was kind of like, oh, we're yeah. basically gone for the same amount of time. Um, but yeah, that. I, 2007 was good because you had the Indians in the ALCS and then the Cavs also uh, were in the finals, but that's the closest I've really ever been. Okay, I, then I, I'll, I won't give you any, you know, crap for going gaga over LeBron. Right. Because, I mean, like, that's a lifetime of losing. It, well, that's a lifetime of failure. It's been That's a it factory been, of sadness. Been, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> See you Sunday. Yeah. Anybody? I love it. That, oh, man. We've gotten like, I did not think that we were going to talk this much about me being That's all good. But it's good. Yeah, you guys but are going to, yeah. you guys get to know me now, you know? It's, it's all good. <laughs> it was good. I mean, it was cool to see like LeBron. I mean, that's like the Peyton Manning of basketball. It is. Uh, even, I mean, there's what? How many global superstars would you say there are in sports? Right Peyton now? Peyton is global. LeBron is definitely global. Kobe. Kobe is global. Definitely. I mean, I'm trying to throw a soccer star in there, but. Um, Messi. Right, um, I think every um, Ronaldo. I, I think everyone in America knows who Messi is. I, I don't think. know. I know every soccer mom or non-interested 
you know, person that doesn't care about sports knows LeBron and Peyton Manning. Yes, yeah. I, I think Messi might be there. I don't think. I think Ronaldo maybe more than Messi. I clearly I know okay. a lot about soccer guys. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's. Don't. I'm just saying, LeBron is a global icon. He is a global icon. You can go. You can go Gaga over LeBron, but you had a suit and tie, and you were I working did. that day. It, it was. It was I just bad. I would have like find you. I should no. I deserve to be fine. I'm I not gonna lie. Give me, give me a dollar. No. <laughs> give me a dollar when the, when the show's over. Give me a dollar. I'm finding you. You can't all go right. Gaga when you're in a super. Okay. Dollar. All right. It's true. All right. To to, to bring it back yeah. um, to Arizona. Sorry yeah. guys. If, if you don't That's care right. about if you don't care about you know things we that we're care. gonna talk about, then you can get out. No, but look like to no. to do all that <laughs> to have global icons show up and yeah. then the team and the coaching staffs. They complete the task. Exactly. Beating Seattle. That I, was I huge. That was, it. Yeah. that was really huge, especially the way the defense played mm-hmm. in that game. And I think you know that's that's something that you want to get back to in a division game when you're going to Arizona, and it, it's kind of a rivalry. Don't yeah. It's a rivalry between these two teams. Big time. Yeah. Um, they know you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's respect there from Seattle. There's respect from the players. There's respect from the coaching staff, and that's the one thing I'm happy about because. I bet that most sports writers that were there or attending the game or were going to write stories about, you know, L.A. coming back yes. to our football coming back to L.A. I bet they had two stories written with Pete Carroll stealing the show. Yes. And you can only use one, which yes. is the Rams won that game. Yes. So I, I, I thought that was good. That was great for morale, because when you go back to Arizona, um, I think part of the reason that Arizona might be struggling some it's because they didn't get the win week one over New England. Maybe. Yeah, um, that that's tough when you have a chance to beat New England and you don't. And you go backwards from there. So I'm glad the Rams, from a Rams perspective, you beat your rival at home. Uh, you Everyone believed the hype and they went home happy. Mm-hmm. So that's going to give the team a lift too. Okay. Yeah. And I think if we think about this game that happened you know, last year and sort of bringing up all the similarities, this is the game that Todd Gurley broke out in. Uh-huh. This could maybe be the game that Todd Gurley breaks out in again this year. Maybe. I hope so. I, it, look, you're all dependent on what happens in front. Um, as far as vision goes and running the football, I, I don't think Gurley's going to make that many mistakes with the football. I don't either. Um, so you're one or two blocks away. Um, you're, you're a game plan away from breaking a long one. Yes. It can happen again. So totally. Look, it may be Gurley this week. It may not be. It may be somebody off of him because they're keying on him. But I, I don't think anybody's going to say, okay, the Rams, uh, they scored a couple of passing touchdowns. Okay, let's forget about Gurley. That's not going to happen. It's going <laughs> to be so stop Gurley first. right? <laughs> exactly. Or what else would you like to see the Rams do better this week? Uh, drops are a problem. Yes. Um, I'd like to see the penalties decrease. Um, you know, look, I think all that stuff, when you talk about penalties, especially the stuff that happens after the whistle, guys getting thrown out. Mm-hmm. I think that that's not on the coach. It right. is because he's responsible. Okay. But that's got to be leadership on the field. Interesting. Everyone okay. has to understand the situations and the importance of that play All right. and keeping your head. So uh, it's going to take everybody to win on every single Sunday. So you can't be down a guy for a guy getting thrown out. And uh, you've got to keep your third down short, and when you have a chance to get out on defense, you can't give them first downs. Right. Or 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 cut the distance by being offsides. Those things have to uh, be improved. And catching the football, um, just period. I would say in key situations, mm-hmm. but I would say all the time. When the ball is there, you have to come down with it. Yes. I think that's simple, and I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. So before we wrap this up, there's a question that I'm probably going to ask Everybody who comes on between the horns, because I think it's very important. Does that mean brains between the horns? 
between the horns because the horns are on this brain. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, it could be. Since we learned about you going gaga over LeBron, I thought I'd <laughs> ask that question. But go ahead. Okay, well, because are you saying I don't have brains? <laughs> no, I just between that. the horns. Between the horns, <laughs> brains. Okay, go ahead. Yes, okay. okay. Well, this is very important now, so take this question seriously. All right, I will. Is ketchup an acceptable condiment on a hot dog? What the hell? <laughs> Okay, so Demarco is not on Twitter, and this what is very in the clear. Hell? So no, this is an important question because no, there are people, it is not an important yes, question. Yes, it is. People don't just because it's on Twitter does not mean it's important. That's exactly why it's important. And Demarco, you're not on Twitter, so you don't. Really I am understand. on Twitter. Well, I just don't are. shout into the void every other minute. You just you know you just tap on okay. it and see is this thing is on? Is ketchup a what now? An acceptable condiment on a hot dog? Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's all up to you. It's all up to you. It's what is all this? up to you. No. It is. If you like ketchup on your hot dog, then it's, yes, you can have ketchup on your hot dog. Why do you say ketchup? This is the guy you that like goes berserk ketchup? over LeBron and you're talking about ketchup. 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 You don't ketchup. put ketchup on a hot dog. No. What, what's wrong with putting ketchup on a hot dog? You're not supposed to do If you're a hot Who dog says, purist. Who says? Where is it written that you says you can't put hot ketchup dog on a hot dog? Hot dog purist. If you, go, you can Google it right now and you can say, and you know what? And I've got to credit JB Long Every hot dog place I've gone to, everyone that specializes in hot dogs has ketchup and mustard in there. No, but they're not supposed to put ketchup on the hot dog. You go to Nathan's Famous. Yeah, you There's know why they do that? There's ketchup and mustard in there. But if you go to Nathan's.com, they will tell you you are not supposed to put ketchup on your hot dog. But they supply the condiment. Yeah, because they know people are not as smart. But as if you're not supposed to, you wouldn't offer it. No, that's Nathan's just, wouldn't oh, offer please. it. Yeah, everybody offers things that you're not supposed to do. Here's here's a great thing. You guys okay, love so, to again, make rules. No, I don't. You love to make rules I'm for me. I'm not making the rule. I like ketchup is... on a hot dog, and I'm wrong. See, you, you guys wrong. love to make rules. You know rules. who else says you're wrong? Who else? Obama, this is a this is a tweet from at Sam Stein HP. Okay. And JB Long forwarded this over to me after our discussion on the same issue last week on Between okay. the Lines. And it says, Obama, President President Obama, President Obama tells Bourdain, as in Anthony Bourdain, the, the food expert. The guy. Yes, that ketchup on a hot dog is not acceptable past the age of eight. Wait a minute. So I've got Obama on my he's side. He's the president, right? He is the president he's a of, career the politician. of the United States of America. He's, he's, he's a career America. politician, right? In the ultimate chair. Yes. What do you think he's going to say? The, the correct answer. That's what I think he's going to say. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Rules. So I love this it. Is, yeah, so now you know. What else, what else shouldn't I do today, Miles? Um, I don't know. Don't, don't speed. Don't, don't speed, speed today? Okay, that, that's actually a rule. <laughs> that's a law. It's been posted. There's signs. Yeah. There's, I've never seen a sign that says no ketchup on hot dogs. Yeah, because you're you making never, this up. You've as never we go. been to my Twitter feed. That's why. wow. <laughs> Hashtag team mustard. Live your own life out there. <laughs> Don't listen right. to Miles. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we've got for you today here on Between the Horns. Just some ketchup. <laughs> Demarco, thank you so much for joining. You got me. it, man. This is really fun. Can we do this again? Absolutely. This is fun. Please. Yes. Let's definitely. Go, do this Brian. Again. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, thanks for checking us out this week. We'll be back with you next Wednesday. We'll see you then.